Stop podcast. Please join us as we discuss what's happening in Harrison County, Indiana. Hey, Harrison County. I'm Elmer Ramos. And I'm Graylin Porter, and you're listening to the Blue Dot podcast. So welcome back for episode six of the Blue Dot Podcast. I am so excited. This is actually a very special episode. It is mm-hmm. our presidential inauguration episode. What do you think? Yes, celebration. Celebrate. You, you, we s- are, you sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm trying to get my uh, my mood up into a celebratory, you know, state of mind. But I, I'll be honest. I can't get there 100% because I'm just not sure yet. No, are you Until waiting? Trump is flying away in that helicopter, I <laughs> cannot rest. Well, I, I mean, what makes you think that things won't happen even after, you know, like it's Well, oh, I know they're going to, but but he won't be the president and that's all that okay. matters that's, to that's me. That's all that you matters. Know, okay. Right okay. now, yeah. Right now, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that uh, we'll have uh, some kind of riot or anything like that? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't anticipate something like we saw last, you know, two weeks ago um, happening because the security is just going to be absolutely um, un- unimaginable, I'm, I'm assuming. But I do worry about what's going to happen in the state capitals throughout the country, just um, smaller uh, demonstrations and things. I, I do. I'm a little wary. Yeah. yeah. But I, I am eager to talk to our guest. We have Kent Yeager on today. Um, he has attended multiple presidential inaugurations and he's going to give us kind of his thoughts on what it's like, especially the events that happen after, you know, the televised um, taking, you know, taking the oath and, and being sworn in. And so we're going to get a little bit of a behind the scenes uh, take from him. Hi, Kent. Hi. How are you all doing? Good. Good. Um, Good to be yeah, with we, you today. Yes. And uh, we, everyone listening probably knows sort of who you are. But if you could just give us a brief intro. We, you ran for um, state rep this year. Um, but what else can we, can we know about you? <laughs> Well, I was actually, I was elected to the county council twice back in mm-hmm. 88, 92. So a long time ago, uh, I've lived in the same house my entire life here on the farm, <laughs> uh, east of Mockport. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that uh, I, I spent a lot of time working in Indianapolis through the yeah. years and uh, actually had jobs up there from, uh, well, really that were based in Indianapolis from uh, from 1993 until uh, 2013 when I retired uh, from from those positions. Anyway, then continued to, uh, I, I started working for Senator Donnelly after that uh, until his mm-hmm. term ended. So, uh, you know, that was really kind of just based all over the state. I've traveled, I, I'm one of those rare people who's been to every county in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I know people in every county in Indiana. Um, yes. You know, my, my involvement in various organs, I've been involved in lots of, of agricultural and farm organizations. That's really what got me started. There was actually a point in my life, I remember this would have been in the uh, late 70s, mm-hmm. when I had somebody call and talk to me about being on 
the state soybean board. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know one of the one of the downfalls of that was they said, uh, you know, well, we, we have meetings in Indianapolis. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'll have to drive to Indianapolis. And right. I've often thought because I have made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trips back to Indianapolis and back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, without, I mean, it, it's now not many since March. I've only been to Indianapolis four times right, total right. since March. But, but, you know, it was you, several times a week I would drive to Indianapolis yeah. and back. Anyway, so, and, anyway. And you were in, well, you were in like, Iowa. You were in Iowa for a bit with, with Buttigieg, right? I, I did four trips to Iowa mm-hmm. last year. Um, working for Pete, uh, doing mm-hmm. policy work. I, I was on his policy team doing ag and rural policy. So mm-hmm. uh, I also traveled a lot in the state of Iowa. I did not get to every county, but, you know, I got to several right. of them anyway. So, so that was yeah. interesting. But, but my, well, the main thing that, that relative to this and why I ended up to this discussion and why I ended up uh, going to, uh, to a couple of inaugurations myself uh, or the biggest reason was I, I, I was a lobbyist for a long time for mm-hmm. Indiana Farm Bureau. From well, actually, I worked for USDA. I was a Clinton administration appointee at the beginning of the Clinton administration. So, from uh, 1993 to 96, that job was based in Indianapolis. The first the first job, even though I had I had worked for Indiana Farm Bureau before that. Uh, well, a little timeline here from, from 85 to 90, I was a, a national affairs assistant for Indiana Farm Bureau. I went to Washington, some associated mm-hmm. with that, uh, with a guy who was a mentor of mine. I uh, ended up doing another job with Indiana Farm Bureau, still a couple of trips a year to Washington and that. But then I uh, got this USDA uh, appointment at the beginning of the Clinton administration. And from 93 to 96, that job was based in Indianapolis, but involved some trips to Washington. Then came back to Farm Bureau in 1996 as the director of government relations and, and in that doing the, the national government relations work. And, and so for a number of years, I made 20 to 25 trips a year to Washington. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> spent a lot of time out there, uh, you know. Yeah. I got to be very familiar with a lot of that and really, yes. I, I'm a a real history buff anyway so i really well, appreciate it I, I have probably watched changing of the guard at least 40 times <laughs> a lot of times that would be the end to my day is to go over and catch the last public changing of the guard so wow wait can you that, explain i have no idea what you're talking about what is the changing what? of the guards oh <laughs> i don't know what that is at, Oh, gee, you got to see that something. Google it. You can well, it. I, I, see, I am on the list. I'll look it up, but can you tell me about it? The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in mm-hmm. Arlington Cemetery is guarded 24-7, 365. Uh, and uh, the changing of the guard, it's just one of those really touching ceremonies. That uh, every basically at least during public hours, every half hour they change mm, the guard. Every half hour. Back oh my! I, I believe I'm right with that. Yeah. I think, when, I think in non-public hours, I think it's every hour. I, I have yeah. actually been there for it three times in thunderstorms. Not because I planned <laughs> it that way, but just because. Yeah. Which is is even unto itself 
probably the most amazing thing to watch is to watch that during a thunderstorm because those guys look just the well, same. We Except will I will put, tell you, they, they don't yeah, handle the rival quite as much during yes. a downpour. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I can imagine. We'll put up. a link in the show notes. We'll find some good resources. Well, my- so anyway, but, but I just say that because you well, know, I've spent a lot of time And all of that being said, and- yeah. All that being said, Ken, you know, as someone who's been around all of this for so long, you know, and, and really in it, it's the difference. You've said this before to me, but the difference between what it's like now versus then, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to, to be you and to have, you know, seen it the way it's, you know, normally done and to watch what's going on right now and to just be completely mind boggled at that mm-hmm. I, I I told Joy, my wife, you, you guys mm-hmm. know, but anybody listening, I, I told her that it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, because of my experience and because of actually being in the Capitol a lot, which obviously that was cut back a lot after 9-11 because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and, and I like people who did what I did, you, you, you typically you wouldn't go to the Capitol, but the Capitol is something you walk through going from the right. house to the senate because it was the most convenient way to stay inside you know through the tunnel uh you kind of had to know how to you know it wasn't it wasn't something you did the first time correctly somebody kind of had to show you but but yeah. you know and then after 9 11 all that changed uh but to watch what went on uh and to know mm-hmm. what the security is in there now it just uh, <sighs> It was yeah. just completely unbelievable to me. Anyway, I know it was to everybody, but I don't know. I think I, I had another friend of mine who, who is a retired lobbyist who out, the, out there, who, you know, who worked in Washington. He said the same thing that, I don't know, it just seemed very, I, I don't want to make this too dramatic, but it seemed like even a personal, I think it's a personal violation to all of us, but I don't know, it right. just seemed very close to me. Well, anyway, to have been, so. you know, in the building that, you know, that much and to know, you know, not a whole lot of people can say that, you know, for me, it's, I'm very disconnected from it when I see it on, on TV and things, but to, to really know what, what's involved and then to see it would be very different, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sure felt that way to me and, and yeah, continue yeah. to, to see National Guard, you know, to see National Guard members laying on the floor in there. Oh, and, I you know. know. Just the images that you see the now. The imagery, the imagery of all of this is just so incredibly um, surreal, shocking, upsetting, you know, all of the things. Um, and so it, looking forward to the inauguration, um, you know, you've been to inaugurations before did you what did you even have a concept of what the security measures were like? Did it even enter your mind or you know how open was well, it? it? It was a lot different. Uh, well, my experience was different overall with the uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about the the first one that I went to was Clinton's second inaugural. Mm-hmm. So that would have been you know, well, obviously ninety six and I mean, for those of you listening, you know, we're going to refer to this as like 96 or 97 kind of being the same thing. I mean, it was the 96 yeah. election, but, you know, the inauguration's actually in, in 97 and the same, you know, every year. <clears throat> so if we say, you know, one year and it's really the other, why yeah. forgive us. But uh, that was that was my first one. I decided to go. And actually, uh, part of the reason I decided to go, because that was the year Frank O'Bannon was elected governor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, to start out with, I, I think everybody's heard about inaugural. Well, 
you may have heard it in the context of the inaugural ball. And there is like mm-hmm. one big, you know, inaugural ball that the president spends a lot of time at. But there are lots of other balls around. Right. And they yeah. don't all occur the, the day of the inauguration. I mean, that's kind of the big one. But there are others that night. In fact, if you pay much attention, you'll hear them talk about the president typically, you know, maybe go to two or three or, you know, a few other balls that night. Mm -hmm. But the night before, for instance, the night before the inauguration has traditionally been uh, for Indiana. There's an Indiana Society of Washington. and, And a lot of states have a what they call a society. That's a group that gets together from time to time. Like uh, December 11th, they always have a, you mm-hmm. know, an event that goes on that's around Indiana uh, Statehood Day, uh, mm-hmm. and and so you know they'll be it, it gives people from Indiana who are in Washington a you know kind of a reason to get together. Right. Well, that's the group that does the inaugural ball, the right. Indiana inaugural ball. A lot of states, I don't know how many do it, how many don't, but I know friends of mine from other states. Uh, a lot of states, uh, I would say probably most, if not all have some kind of a ball. And a lot of those are the, the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in 96, you know, went out uh, and, and the day before the inauguration, uh, the crowd was relatively big. And that's kind of an, another interesting thing to me through the years. Inaugurations used to just sort of be for the parties involved. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had, you had other people who showed up. Yeah. But uh, they, have, they have grown a lot. In the last well, and and that was actually years. I remember sitting at home and watching oh, um, Trump's inauguration. You know, I didn't watch the whole thing obviously because I couldn't handle it. But just you know, his whole entire presidency started on the concept of crowd size at an inauguration. That was his yeah. literally his first thing that he you know decided to lie about was the size of his crowd. So. By then, it's even, you know, kind of a spectacle. Wait, was this the one where, like, the Women's March was, like, ten times as big as... The, the Women's March was before, it? yeah. Um, I think it was before the yeah, inauguration? I think it was, the Saturday, it was the Saturday before, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember, because I was, like, eight, eight and a half months pregnant, and so I was sitting at home just, like, dying... <laughs> You know, waiting um, and watching and just I remember, you know, a couple hours after the inauguration, Sean Spicer came out and gave that statement that it was the biggest crowd we've ever seen. And I remember right then realizing, oh, wow, this is going to be a complete crazy four years. We've, You know, we're in store for complete craziness. Um, just yeah, by saying that, that, just saying it was the biggest crowd you've ever seen, it, we've ever seen, when it clearly wasn't. I mean, you were at Obama's first inauguration. I can't even imagine what yeah. that was like. It was uh, Obama's first inauguration. Well, uh, let me just uh, so basically to kind of finish with the states, yeah. you know, the states have these events, and and the bipartisan. I think in every state, uh, you know, it, it, it it's a good thing. You know, yeah. the thing to kind of pull people together, people from both parties, uh, typically all of your U.S. House members, you know, both your senators, usually some one of each party, typically mm-hmm. like their spouses will be the chairpersons of this ball. And, and this mm-hmm. is kind of typical from friends I've talked to of, of the way it's handled in other states. It's a big kind of coming together 
uh, you know, fancy, yeah. you know, fancy black tie thing, of course, but, uh, you know, really just kind of a chance to get together and, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to have this inauguration in this case the next day, but you know, it, it's, it's a big thing kind of about the state. And, and so, you know, makes you feel really good. Anyway, right. but right. as a lobbyist, it also is a place, you know, you've got a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Sort of easy, easy pickings for, yeah. uh, for talking to people anyway. So that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of where that side of it came in for me anyway. But then it was special because to me, because it was Frank's and, you know, I've got a number mm-hmm. of pictures, you know, with them that evening and so forth. So anyway, um, then the next day, uh, actually had a seat uh, on the West Capitol your con- congressional offices, if you ever want to go, you know, if we get back to where they're, they're kind of normal sometimes, uh, yeah. congressional offices have tickets. Uh, really? yeah, there are a lot of people who can go without tickets. If you're back down the mall someplace, you're not going to have a ticket, but there are ticketed mm-hmm. seats. You probably saw last week, uh, you know, if you watch the pictures of the rioters, I, you know, they build big grandstands and you can kind of tell that, but mm-hmm. all this is on the West, you know, it's on the West front of the Capitol. So uh, I had a seat, uh, probably, oh, I don't know, I was probably within 300 yards, I guess, maybe of the podium. Wow. Uh, you know, certainly it was on the grass, close, there's a tree, it was right now. The tree on the left <laughs> side, there's actually more than one tree, but the one that's closest, uh, is that, <laughs> that's close to where my seat was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So whole day, yeah. It was about 20, 25 degrees. But anyway, so you go when you watch that. Uh, we had a friend, another guy that I was out there with. Uh, we had a friend who was an attorney that had an office then that had invited us there, an attorney from Indiana with a Washington office. And uh, it was on uh, actually uh, on Pennsylvania Avenue, 13th in Pennsylvania, right by Freedom Plaza. And it was like on the 12th floor. And so, you know, we got to go. Uh, of course, you know, they got food. You know, and then you could actually watch from above. I mean, it was yeah. stunning to be able to watch the parade and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so anyway, that was sort of that experience. So then I didn't go uh, and, uh, until Obama's uh, yeah. first one. I was not going to go to that one. And I had some people say, well, you know, are you going to go? It was very expensive. I mean, it would yeah. have cost. Like the hotel room. I can't imagine. Because of the demand. But part mm-hmm. of it is over the years. The thing, each of them has just gotten so much bigger yeah. that it was like that, that Clinton second one, I, I've seen crowd estimates of it at like 250,000. I think his first one, they estimated like 800,000. So the one I went to was not huge. It wasn't mm-hmm. terribly expensive, but by the time you got into the 2000s, they were getting much bigger. And then Obama's was just unbelievable. Well, I, I mean, read today. actually. Yeah. I read today it was over a million people is what they kind of estimated it at. It, it actually has been estimated at 1.8 million. That's what I Oh my gosh. And then about a million yeah. actually for the second one. Wow. Um, and, I, had a and I would not doubt it. I'll, I'll tell you a couple of little stories about this in a minute, but, but anyway, it, it was going to, first of all, it was a minimum of three nights. The hotel that I usually stayed in that I have spent like, I, 400 nights in probably out there uh it, it was it was like 800 dollars a night which oh God, you know so God. it was gonna be very expensive i just thought yeah oh, I'm, just, I'm not gonna go this is just gonna cost too much it's gonna be a big hassle mm-hmm. well then it occurred to me a friend who i knew in maryland that lived 
south of Baltimore, you know, said, hey, why don't you come out and you stay with us? So I thought, well, mm-hmm. you know, I could go <laughs> stay with them. Yeah. Uh, so I won't have that cost. I, I didn't have the minimum of three nights. I only stayed two. The airline ticket wasn't that bad. Uh, but I still didn't and couldn't at this point because by the time I decided to go, it was actually after Christmas and I could not get a ticket to the Indiana ball yet. Anyway, uh, I mean, I tried and could not get one and I thought, eh, I don't know if I'm going to go then, but I had a friend of mine call and offer me a ticket at his table. He was a Washington lobbyist and, uh, <laughs> actually the reason he the, the very specific reason when he talked to me, this was, you know, out of the blue, he called me, he said, hey, you coming? I'd like for you to sit at my table. And wow. uh, the reason was he, he wanted me to entertain Mike and Karen Pence. He oh, said, my God. So, you know, they're <laughs> going to be at our table. I, I know you know Mike pretty well, and I would like to have you Oh, my wow. God, Ken. I mean, I can't even, like... <laughs> Oh my lord! So that was that was my assignment for the evening. Anyway. Oh <laughs> so, uh, my goodness! Yeah. So so anyway, so I yes. ended up didn't cost me anything for that. You know, he was happy yeah. to provide me with the ticket, so I got that. So anyway, I decided to go stay with my friend. Uh, mm-hmm. I flew in and out of Baltimore a lot. Anyway, of course, you know, for a while after nine eleven, the uh, the air Reagan was actually closed. But even before that, I was flying in out of Baltimore and taking the train down to Washington a lot anyway. So I yeah. was familiar with that. So, so I flew in there, rented a car, went to my friend, stayed there, uh, got up the next morning, you know, got ready. Uh, well, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I went there. And then uh, the Indiana ball that night, why, you know, I went to it, went home. My big thrill, uh, you all may not remember who Tony Dungy is, but he was the coach of the Colts. Tony Dungy uh, and his yeah. wife were at the event. I knew that they were there. When I was getting on the Metro, uh, I actually realized I was on the escalator right behind Tony Dungy. So I actually <laughs> got to meet Tony Dungy. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Little, little side thing. It was very exciting. Well, and, and not to, but, not uh, to interrupt you, but how was yeah. Mike Pence? How, how, how was that? I mean, talking to him. The, the, the Mike Pence that I, I, I did know Mike Pence pretty well. Yeah. Really. I yeah. mean, we had, uh, I've never talked to you about he was this. Elected to Congress, but after you know, these were people that, I mean, after they were elected, they were people that uh, you know I routinely talked to. I talked to their staff. I mean, I'd show up mm-hmm. in their office pretty often. Um, I, I, I always enjoyed talking to my kids. I mean, we we mm-hmm. had a genuine good relationship. I, I think he would tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, we. We got along. I, I have hauled him from a farm tour. His staff, it was going to be inconvenient for them to take him back to Indianapolis about, well, we were about an hour and 20 minutes out of town. And uh, one of his staff people actually asked me on tour, said, hey, are you going back to Indianapolis? I said, yeah. They said, could you take Mike to the airport? So, you know, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've spent significant time with him. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, we don't it. have to. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. We don't have to get off yeah. on a tangent too much, but like, what is your take on it? Like that he is kind of, um, you know, just, a, I feel like from, from just what I've seen of him Me. and read about him is that he might just be kind of a simple person that got embroiled in this and is too far in to see himself out. Well, I think maybe or, so, but, but the Mike Pence that I knew, 
I could see him change while he was in Congress. Oh, I mean, okay. to me, that, that, this is my impression. Yeah. In the, uh, you know, even before he got elected governor, uh, mm-hmm. to me, there were some changes in him. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we were still friends. Uh, his chief of staff and I, Bill Smith, we were good friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even when he was governor, he was still his chief of staff. And, and uh, you know, I, I still got along with him well, but I don't know. It was like mine yeah. got continually more, I, I'm going to use the word conservative, but to me, that doesn't even quite describe it. And so, right. I mean, he was kind of headed this way. But, but again, for this part, for for the Trump part, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just yeah. can't. I can't. I can't quite. This is not the same guy that I felt like I knew. I don't. Well, and and anyway, I think so. I think that we feel that way about a lot of people. We just don't really know what happened there. Just, you know. Yeah. There's no way to explain it. Well, with a lot, yeah. Hey, a lot of people I feel this yeah, way who, who exactly. for some reason have connected with Trump. I do not. I, I yeah. have this with a number of people, not just Mike Pence. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, that I don't it's just, quite understand what right. it is they think. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. anyway. So, by, by the way, just, just a little quip to throw in here. Uh, do you all know how many Republicans it takes now to screw in a light bulb? Have you guys heard this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Please tell us. <laughs> it, it doesn't take, it takes zero. It does not take any because Trump will just tell them the light bulb doesn't need to re- be replaced and they'll sit in the dark <laughs> and applaud. Oh, man. That's, kind that's of, pretty good. You know, that's pretty topic, good. I didn't intend to throw that in. But that's that's pretty good. That, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think kind of connects here anyway so can okay anyway question for you oh yeah sure so as a as a lobbyist and somebody who kind of goes to these events for the socializing and networking um since this year the like the luncheon and the ball have been canceled like what what is what are lobbyists going to be missing out on like (laughs) i I don't know i am uh I, I plan to this week call one of my friends who's still a lobbyist and would normally be participating in these events and see. Uh, I I assume just nothing. I mean, of course, I, I'm sure they had canceled most of them just because of COVID. Maybe all of them. I don't know what was even on the table before we got into all the events of the last couple of weeks. Anyway, but right. I suspect most of them were not going to occur. It couldn't. It couldn't occur. Right. Uh, most of them like it would have anyway. So that's that's the craziest thing is that okay, so not only do we have the inauguration is gonna look so different because of the the things that have happened in the past couple of weeks, but on top of all that you have COVID. I mean, it's just it's it's a complete upside down universe that we're living in right now. Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. But uh-huh. anyway, getting back to Obama's okay. inauguration, because yeah. I want to hear about okay. this, because I I wasn't living in the country at the time. And, and that's it. It doesn't make me sad because I wasn't able to be here when he was elected president. And but I remember just thinking about what it must be like to be there and to witness that. Yeah. Well, so the Indiana ball, you know, so I, I go to that. Uh, as I mentioned, what, what I had done, I knew I did not want, I, I mean, everybody was talking about what the crowd was going to be and everybody knew mm-hmm. it was going to be this huge throng of people like Washington had never seen. So 
uh, I, I still didn't know quite what that meant, but I knew I did not want to be driving into Washington to try, trying to find a parking place. So, you know, I, I, I was familiar with, I used the Metro a lot. I used the, you know, the Mark train coming into, you know, into Washington from, from Baltimore, I mean, from BWI airport and all that. So, you know, all that was easy for me to do. So I rented this car. Uh, I thought, well, I, you know, I'll just drive to one of the Metro stops. And so I believe it was New Carrollton. I can't even remember which one I went to, but I, I think that was the one that I decided I would just go to that and, and park. I knew it was parking anyway, you know, parking at several of them out of town because that's what people do to get into town, uh, into the district. So um, got up, drove down fairly early. Uh, remember pulling into the metro station, into the, into the parking lot, and I saw this big line of people. And I thought, what on earth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't see that. At these, right. You know, at metro stations out, this is, this is above these out. Once you get out of town, most of them are out of district. Most of them are above ground. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, you know, you can actually see these people. So I get out. And by the way, uh, of course, I'd gone to the ball the night before. So I am carrying my tux and a oh clean shirt. I've got, I've got a garment bag because I'm also going to the, besides the big ball, some of the balls that go on, there are like different interests. And I was going to the Aggie ball that night. <laughs> the uh, I, I had also for agriculture, you know, oh, okay, people okay. Well, who work yeah. in agriculture. <laughs> wow. So, so I, I had clothes with me. I had, you know, my tux <laughs> and stuff that I was taking with me. So I'm carrying a garment bag too. So anyway, park, get out, walk up, and here's this line of people. It's like, gosh, 200 yards long. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. And I said something to somebody about, what, what is this just to get on the Metro? And somebody said, no, those people are waiting to get tickets. Well, oh my of course, I always, had, I always had a Metro pass with me anyway, yeah. but thank goodness. But that was people who were just coming into well, the district. That didn't yes. routinely do so and didn't have a pass. You know? Wow. So, well, I was reading today that that uh, it's it's the single highest you know um, ridership of the the metro in history was oh, inauguration day. I'm sure there there could yeah. not be anything close. But, and and as a as a point to make about that, so you know it, it's crowded on the train. Not too bad, but of course once you start getting into the district, people are getting on it. I mean it's. You know, but, mm-hmm. hey, that's not unusual. It's crowded a lot. The mm-hmm. place I was going to, because what I was going to go, uh, I, of course, I worked for Indiana Farm Bureau, the American Farm Bureau office, and then the hotel that I mentioned that I stayed at, it was right across the street from the office is why I stayed at that hotel so much. Mm-hmm. But because all that was just convenient, it was, it's at 6th, uh, 6th and C Street Southwest. If you know where the Air and Space Museum is at, it's one mm-hmm. block south of the air and space museums so close to that so Lafont plaza and i i mean Lafont plaza uh is is a metro stop that i used every time i was there i mean multiple times typically so and, and it's one that has uh it has two different sets of tracks you know typically downtown there's two on each track you know like you'll have yellow and green that use the mm-hmm. lower one but this one has two it's not just the one it's it's a double so it's a busy station anyway but the thing that struck me so the the train is crowded as can be but then when you get off the train this is where it really struck me (laughs) it was absolutely shoulder to shoulder 
all the way getting out and they did not even, I mean, they had the, the turnstile that you usually went through that you put your ticket, you know, you would put your yeah. Santa card, you know, you'd hold your card down on it and flash and let you through, you know, mm-hmm. those were turned off. They just moved them out of the way because well, they knew they could not handle the crowd yeah. and, and you're just walking through. I mean, you're not even using, you don't even need your ticket, you know, wow. anyway, at that point. And, and I, I, that's the point it struck me. Of course, I'm underground at this time, and we're going over and getting ready to come up. And as, as I'm coming up from underground, sun was out. Uh, you know, you kind of get in this light, and I, and I look around, and I mean, it is, it is every, re, it's every ethnicity of people mm-hmm. that you can imagine, every race. It was just so inspiring. It's one of those moments that I can just never forget. Because right. it, I just found it so inspiring that here are all these people happy and coming together. You know, mm-hmm. anyway, to so, see somebody different, so, so different to yeah. be inaugurated as president. I mean, I, I can't imagine right. the feeling of seeing that in person. It, it, was a, it was a feeling. It's kind of the opposite of the way. Well, I feel optimistic now in one respect. Yeah. But, but I, I yeah. don't know that I have felt any more optimistic for this country than I did on that day. Anyway, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. you know, you get up above ground, and I mean, the streets are just full. Even I mean, we're a block off of Independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I I went into the building. We were on the eighth floor, which is actually the top of that building. And you know, several people in there. I really intended to go there. I didn't have a ticket, so I wasn't going to be in one of the seats. Those were actually yeah. kind of hard to get that time anyway. But most people are just out on the mall without a ticket. I mean, most of these you know, this crowd of people, I really intended to go out and watch some of it. And then once I'm up there, I, I went out for a few minutes at one point, got something to eat at noon, but, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of looked around and awe. I walked over where I could kind of look at the part of the crowd I could see on the mall. But of course you could see a lot. We had TV set up in the office. We had a straight shot, even though we were a little bit over six blocks away from, you know, actually the podium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was far better than I was going to see it anywhere else. So I right. The uh, you know the entire inauguration mm-hmm. event there, and uh, anyway, then you know got ready, changed there, went to to that other ball that evening, and then uh, yeah. you know took the metro again and drove back to my friend's house and then flew back to Indiana the next day. So wow, you know it was just uh, th- that day though was you know I, I I just wish everybody could find that kind of inspiration because it, right. it was just wonderful anyway well in so. in something it's not it's related in in some ways i it's just kind of serendipitous uh, last night i i watched a documentary called the way i see it it's uh pete souza's documentary who he, he was the white house photographer yeah. for obama yeah. yeah yeah and it's on amazon have either of you seen it Nope, I have not. I have seen not. It, but it sounds really um, good. I highly, highly recommend watching it, especially now because that's kind of what the whole movie was about. It was about how he was such a decent human being and how we've been missing that and the the hope that he, you know, created in people and how Trump has, you know, basically been the antithesis of that. Um, but yeah. it. It was an incredible movie. And um, just for anyone out there listening, if you need something to kind of give you a jolt, it's it's a really great movie. Good timing to, to watch out. it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I just, good, but yeah, well, and, and he, um, Ben Rhodes, who was, um, I can't remember exactly what his title was with the Obama administration, but he was on, on the movie, you know, one of the talking heads. And he said that, you know, there's always been two Americas. There's the America of the people that are, you know, of different uh, walks of life that are progressive and trying to bring about change and lift every everybody up. And then there's the group that's trying to hold on to power um, with everything that they can. And and that Trump and Obama are just these two, uh, you know, bastions of those two different Americas. And I, it, it's just an incredible way to think about things and the difference between what we've had for the past four years and what that inauguration of Obama was is so the whiplash of it is so incredible um, that it's yeah. it's hard to even comprehend. But but you know, do, so were you there for his second inauguration as well, or just the first one? No, I did not go back for the second okay. one. Uh, thought about it, but again, mm-hmm. it was going to be terribly expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't. I just decided, you know, hey, that other one. <laughs> the, yeah. What now? I'm sure is going to be the last one I go to. Is is such a wonderful memory yes. that I think anything else would be a It'd be pretty hard frankly, to top. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so a returning yeah. president and his second time around, um, they get to have another inauguration. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's the same deal. I mean, you get the same coming together, which which that part of it is real valuable, Elmer. I you know again, I, I think you know, I mean, you'd have the same deal with states. I mean, this is every time. Well, it's every time up in the list one and even, you know, and of course, code was going to change that anyway. But, um, you know, I, I mean, not only like I talked about in the Indiana ball, you know, Democrats and Republicans both and, and being involved and coming together. But but you we've essentially had that. Of course, mm-hmm. we've, we've never had a period of time like this, you know, even in 2000 and into the 2001 inauguration of Bush, you know, which is the most contentious. I can remember before this, you know, where, you know, Al Gore actually has to, you know, do the vote counting, you know, like Pence did yeah. here on the 6th anyway. But, but you know, that, that's just such a dramatic change in what we have now. Here, you know, here's a guy that really did have the closest election and, yes. and yet realizes that, hey, it's, you know, he, he can't continue to fight this for the good of the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he's got to to go ahead and say, hey, George yeah. Bush was elected. Let's move on. And so yeah. you get to have this coming together again, where you've got all those, you know, you've got yeah. members of both parties, Senate and House, up there, you know, on that, you know, around the podium and all that. And it's it's just important, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, unfortunately, that's not going to be something that this administration is going to start out with. So no. But I am hopeful. I, I am. I know that things are going to be better than they have been. And that's all that matters. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> well, thank you it's, so much it's for, better, for it's just not quite what it could be. Anyway, no, so no, it, no. If, if I could make if I could make one other comment, something we talked about yes. a little bit in the past is it's just so striking about, uh, you know, seeing all these troops and and. Seeing mm-hmm. all these fences and, and, you know, 9-11 brought a lot of, I was actually in Washington on 9-11 too. Wow. And, uh, you know, 
seeing how that changed Washington as far as the limited access and, you know, people know what it did to planes and lots of other things. We had a little bit of that with the Oklahoma City bombing, you know, mm-hmm. just to step back. I mean, it, it's, it's not the first time we've had this kind of, of thing, uh, you know, like, Graylin, your parents, mm-hmm. you know, like back in the late 60s into the early 70s, you know, we, we had some groups that, you know, were causing instability. I mean, you know, aside yeah. from everything that happened in the 60s, but like, uh, you know, some of the mainly left wing groups uh, into the 70s, you know, the Patty mm-hmm. Hearst kidnapping. And, yeah. you know, there's been this stuff that's gone on. We've had the, you know, we've had some of these fringe groups uh, then they've gone on with, you know, Waco and then the Oklahoma City bombing. And, you know, you started to see security step up and access somewhat limited. And, and then it became so much more limited after 9-11. Uh, but still, to see what happened in through that, and now here we are, uh, you know, with troops lining the Capitol. These, you know, serious threats to me, like thinking back to 9-11, and, you know, thinking that that plane that crashed in Pennsylvania, you know, was headed mm-hmm. for the Capitol and probably the last time, I'm sure that's the last time that members of the House and Senate were actually escorted out, you know, into secure yeah. areas. Uh, but, you know, that was a foreign threat. That's the yeah. thing that is so different. It's so different. You know, yeah. and the, the Senate oath, as they talk about, and I, I don't, the president's oath is, and I don't think the House oath is the same as the Senate oath, but, you know, this, to defend against, uh, uh, what is it, all enemy, foreign and domestic. And, and I mean, I guess to me, I just always thought that domestic would never really yeah. be anything. I think that was inserted sometime. I think that came about uh, around the Civil War yeah. to try to eliminate any potential traitors then. And, and, you know, here we are now. Here we are. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, like, like, I feel sorry for the listeners because they've had to just hear me say it a million times now. It's unbelievable. Well, it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so tired of hearing that word. Yeah. 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 But, um, it is, it is, is. That's plain and simple. But we thank you so much for coming on, and we definitely want to have you on in the future. Uh, you are a wealth of knowledge. Oh yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot for doing this, and and uh, mm-hmm. great talking with you guys, and kind of reliving some of these memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think your experience is pretty unique here in Harrison County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Most people, yeah, fairly unique. Probably, yeah, for around anyway, here, so. I think so. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people have unique experiences. So I, I just got to, and, and it, this has all been stuff. I, I mean, I, I grew up in a family who, you know, was interested in politics. I, I remember yeah. setting up till like two o'clock uh, in 1960, watching the, the Kennedy results. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the third grade and uh, wow. was lucky enough to get to go to Boys State. And, and then I kind of yeah. dropped out of political interest in some of the 70s. But then since really since about 1980, I've been you know, pretty intensely involved in one way or another, yeah. at least in policy, if not directly in, in politics. And, and, and really through that time, I mean, got to work with wonderful people of both parties. I mean, I, I just look at it, I, at, which I still do, as I mentioned, get a talk to some friends who are still lobbyists. And, and I knew when I retired in 2013, I told a lot of people, I said, this is changing. This is getting mm-hmm. a lot harder. 
It's not people, something maybe we can talk about some other time. I'm not so interested in good mm-hmm. policy anymore. Right. The, the people, at least from Indiana, and most yeah. people there, most people who were in Congress, the vast majority, and I still think most of them, but genuinely interested in good policy. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're so tribal now that people yeah. have, you know, just separated it, out yeah. so much. And you guys have talked about that, but it's just a, just a very, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what I mm-hmm. did. It would just now. be too painful, I think, yeah. anyway. So, yeah. So, well, anyway, thanks. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm eager to, to record next time when we, uh, we know that Trump may not be the president anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> what stories we yeah. have. Right now, I can't say that for sure, but I think next time I'll be a lot happier. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Thank you so much, Kent. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, hey, thanks.